0: Rogers to leader. Do you read? Major, it's a trick. Rogers to leader. Do you read me? Buck Rogers to her squadron leader. Rogers to leader. Do you read me? I read somebody, but that somebody's flying an enemy ship and leading another one. Come on, Duke, it's me. If you're Rogers, who's the juice? A what? O.J. Simpson, I told you all about him out in the desert. Uh, uh, running back out of USC, played for the Buffalo Bills. Well, what are you waiting for, Captain Rogers? Get your button formation.
1: Welcome to the Nightfly Podcast with me, Dave Juskow. How are you? Happy January. Happy 2021. Happy new presidency and a new time in America. How are you, everybody? Great to hear you. Hey, hey, listen. What are you kidding me? The magic of Rick Nielsen? The greatness of Robin Zander? Please, come on. Hey, it might be 2021, but we still enjoy doing the stuff from 1981. I hope everybody had a lovely week and uh, a happy inauguration day. Uh, what a very exciting time in America. Boy, I, you know, I, I get the New York Post every day, so they're already still they're complaining about Joe Biden's first day in office already. <laughs> it's like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> they're so angry. Uh, it's really extra funny, but, uh, you know, i sorry. I got to say good riddance, everybody, and... Uh, Let's uh, make it all work out, right? All right? Everybody's, everything's cool. Everything's gonna be okay now, right? Everything, everything, he's gonna fix everything. (laughs) But on day two, people will be like, come on! And in Seattle, I love it. uh, They have lots of protests in Portland and Seattle where they go, fuck Biden and fuck Trump. So what exactly are they protesting? Nobody knows! I have a feeling these protesters, none of these protesters, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, they have no idea what they're protesting anymore. I said this in the summer when I see all these protests in the city. I I mean, now, I don't think they know what they're protesting anymore. I certainly don't. And when they say there's a protest going on, nobody has any information on exactly what they're protesting. And when I've run into people, I'm like, what are we protesting?" They're like, I don't know. We like marching. So the world's turned upside down. But that's all right and to be expected every Every once in a while. I'm sure we thought that way in the 80s. Now we look back in the 80s. as a hilarious time. But we are together again. And having a great time. And uh, this Tuesday coming up on the... Or tonight on the uh, Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. You can uh, see the uh, terrific Jessica Kurson and little Danny Natterman will be joining us. I hope you've been enjoying the, the new format. And... Uh, the 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 music of Colin Smith every week, which is actually my favorite part of the show. I love the fact that it's only a half hour. I think everybody likes it. It's it's you know there's really no chance to to mess up. It's it would be very hard to have a, a a bad spot in it when I already have you know a game plan for every minute of the show. And if we got to tune out early or if we got to go a little later, it really doesn't matter. But I am enjoying doing the show, and it takes a lot of less work than the football show. Still. A big amount of time putting in the news articles and the pictures and the videos, but worth it, I think. And, you know, be really swell if, you know, you can get paid for it as well, which would be, you know, triumphant, one might say. Now, last week, uh, you know, our, we had our Wendy, Wendy Liebman on who's great. I'm only upset because, as usual, my microphone or whatever it is, you know, halfway through, I got the perfect sound going, gets garbled. I know it's Zoom. I don't know what causes it. She didn't get garbled. Only I did. So I was talking to Mike Sauter yesterday. I'm like, what can I do? I got to talk to Memo. I, I think I have a plan to rectify it, but it's frustrating. And it makes me upset. We were having a nice time. It was a very nice interview. She's great. I hope you liked it. But, you know, I like perfect sound quality. And if I can't get it, I mean, I thought Zoom is a better way than a phone call. And obviously, if I can't have the person live, which, of course, is the best way, but that's just not a factor anymore, and I've been able to get good guests because of Zoom. So because of the pandemic, we were finally able to get Amy Heckerling or, or Wendy, who you know never comes to New York, and uh, I'm obsessed with both of them, and I think they're great, and I really enjoyed talking to Wendy a lot. I like her a lot, and she'll definitely be on the uh, Tuesday show soon. But, yeah, it was driving me crazy. And uh, But you will notice if you've seen the video, if you're a Patreon subscriber at the uh, five, or the uh, what do we call it, the Calico or, or Maggie level, then you get the video. Um, otherwise, you have to wait a month. It comes out on YouTube. But, um, you know, what I've been doing with the video is trying to make it more video-friendly in the sense of, you know, putting out, like, like for instance, when we were, Theater nerding it up about uh Pippin and the origin. I said William Cat originated the role. I was wrong. She was right. John Rubinstein uh originated the role. William Cat was in the movie. And I so I say that, you know, after the interview, I can I can say all that in the video. You can see it, and I got pictures of everything. She was talking about a guy. I was able to put up the picture. You know, somebody who spoke at uh, her son's college, I was able to put up the picture. So I'm trying to make it a little more multimedia friendly and not just a regular. And if you do it the way other people do it, not other people like that, but I mean the way I some I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I just felt like doing it. It wasn't to copy anybody or anything. I just thought, well, here's an opportunity where if people are watching on on the video, then they can see uh, the things we're talking about like the poster of a movie or something that we're talking about, let alone, uh, you know, I clipped in her performances as well, the way Johnny Carson introduced her, which is amazing, the the Ruth Buzzy joke, which, you know, still makes me laugh. Is she pretty? Oh, man. And then, uh, you know, the ending scene where we uh, just had some of her comedy, so you could actually, you know, if you didn't know about her, then you can hear the way she does it where she, you know, is talking, talking, and then just says something kind of under her breath and then continues, which I just really like. And I think I made that quite clear in my kiss-ass feature of uh, what we were doing. But uh, I was pretty happy with the interview except for the goddamn garbling, and that drives me insane. I mean, it, like, you know, ruined my weekend uh, when I think about it, but I tried to get... I tried to rise above it, you know, because so I'm a professional. right? So anyway, that was that, and... um uh, Tuesday, the week after, we have uh, Jeff Ross and Mark Cohen for uh, Super We're going to go over the uh, Puppy Bowl lineup uh, next Tuesday, so that's a week away. Um, I, uh, went, I, it's, I'm taping on Saturday morning. I mean, I didn't sleep at all because I went out with my friend Jenny Lynn, the very, very beautiful Jenny Lynn. We went out to a restaurant in Hoboken. She's like me and will not travel in public transportation, so I went to pick her up. And we went to Dino and Harry Steakhouse, which is my friend Caitlin Carmichael's father's place, um, and had a very lovely dinner. I mean, we you know I made a seven o'clock reservation. They kicked us out at ten, so we were there for three hours. Really enjoyed ourselves. T- I mean, it was hopping. You know, you could eat indoors in Jersey, so it was hopping. It was loud. It was pe- I mean, it was like it was it was like the pandemic never happened there. It was amazing. It was really fun. A little pricey, (laughs) but worth it. You know, the food was excellent. Service, not so great. Uh, (laughs) It's the same lady I had last time where I got angry at her. She missed up a whole bunch of stuff. And don't worry, Caitlin's going to get my report later. But, you know, we had a nice time. Uh, You know, obviously she just looks great. And she likes to eat, which I find very attractive in a woman. And, you know, like the lady we ordered, like, I I hate these kind of places where, you know, you know, I love opening with shrimp cocktail. Everybody knows Dave Dresner likes to open with shrimp cocktail, especially the big shrimp, you know, that they serve at steak places. And, you know, at that place, which pisses me off, they have each you have to order a shrimp individually, which is so annoying. Just say that shrimp cocktail is like 20 bucks. You know, what are we going to order it individually? So you have to order like I saw I ordered four pieces. She bought us three. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And Jenny Lynn's like, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. We're supposed to have another piece of shrimp. I'm like, yeah, sweet. I li- and she didn't do it in a bad way. You know, she was very polite. But I like that she takes care of it. And then we ordered, like, um, she ordered a latte. And the woman clearly bought us an espresso. And I'm like, well, are you all right with that? She's like, no, certainly not. And then she went and she made them get her another one. It was great. I mean, that's cool. You know, as long as you're doing it the polite way. Um. It's funny. I had gone out with Olga, uh last week, last Wednesday. You know, we went to uh, the, the you know the bar I like to go down to, and in, 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 you know, even though it's freezing. And then I went to her house, and she made me. She's like, "No, no." I was like, "You want to get something to eat?" She goes, "No, no. I'll come over to my house. I, I already, I have a, a a cauliflower mash. You can have. She eats healthy." And she's like, and you need to eat this too. And I was like, well, that sounds okay, whatever. And then she's like, well, go get a bottle of wine. So she goes to this liquor store, and I guess she must know the guys. I mean, she's <laughs> she's such a mess. She's so much fun, but she definitely she dropped the bottle, which you knew was going to happen. You know, I get upset when she's like, she's always spilling over a wine glass. And stuff drives me insane. And you knew she, she dropped the bottle, but the bottle didn't break, which was amazing. And then she bought the bottle. But it was amazing that it didn't break. But it's so funny. And you don't have to apologize in there because the guys know her and they know the way she comes in like, hey, everybody. <laughs> like, and it's just so funny because I remember this girl Linda used to go out with all the time, such a drunk and used to go to this one liquor store where you thought they would be bit so mad at her. But, they, you know, she's their best customer. So they, they let her spill whatever or break whatever. And they're like, hey, what are, you, what are we going to do? She's our best customer. It's really funny. Like, they all know their or their names and stuff. The uh, Yeah, I never go to a... It's so rare when I go to a liquor store, you know, maybe I'll pick up a six-pack of beer at the supermarket, but I never go to a liquor store. But there, I guess so many people buy wine, you know, for their homes and themselves. I'm just not one of those people. But I liked also Jenny Lynn last night, ordered a martini to open with, and uh, that's fun. I don't usually do that, but I did, and it was very exciting, and then I uh, Nice glass of wine, which I needed. I said, I need a drink because, you know, I was leaving the city on a Friday night. You know, I get uptight. I don't know where she lives. She lives in, like, Union City somewhere. And then we were going to Hoboken. I'm like, well, where am I going to park? So my stomach is in nuts. So by the time we sit down, I'm like, great, I'll have a drink. I'll relax a little bit because I don't want to. You know, I told her I was uptight but It's just, you know, I just, I mean, how do you not get uptight? I don't know. You know, on a normal Friday night, leaving here at 5 o'clock or 5.30, I, I don't even know whether I'd make the date, you know, because it, when things were normal. But things are not normal. I was out of the city in maybe 20 minutes to a half hour, which normally might have taken me an hour and a half to go one mile. It was 1.6 miles. I was telling my mother because I was so paranoid about it. I was telling her on Thursday. I'm like, well, let me set up the uh, thing. It's 1.6 miles, and it's, it says it's going to take me an hour and 20 minutes oh my god if that doesn't want to make you leave the city then what doesn't but since COVID, everything has been so relaxed it's so great when i come back from my mother's i i leave at five o'clock or four o'clock her time her time what am i talking she lives on the west coast um and there's no traffic in the tunnel i mean it's a dream i never wanted to end in that sense of course as you know i don't want the pandemic to end anyway now I don't know if you were watching Tuesday's show with Bonnie McFarlane and uh Lenny Marcus, but in the middle of the show my doorbell rang, and you know I live in a doorman building, so that's very rare, and I know exactly who it is. I know it's the guy serving papers with the eviction notice. I was just checking if I was recording. You know, you don't want to miss this podcast gold. But you know, um so so I know it's, you know, it's either him or the lady with the wine. So uh, the lady who wants the wine who lives down the the one who's in trading places. <laughs> but um, and it's so funny because I even said to myself at the beginning of January, I said, that guy is due to come to my door against the beginning of January. I know he's going to serve me with something. I have a feeling they're going to come by monthly. Or something, you know. But these were like true eviction pages. Like it clearly says, your landlord is suing you. Um, but whatever, right? So I know he's going to come. I was thinking about calling downstairs and saying, hey, can if the guy's coming, it's fine. I know he's got to serve me. But can you just tell him not to ring the bell between 7 and 7.30? We know he has 30 other people to serve in the building. I'm sure he can work it out to either come before or after. Um. So he comes in the middle. The doorbell rings. I'm like, I can't do it right now. I'm taping. You know, like, or I'm I'm live. And he and he went away, and so he came back the next day, and, and I called downstairs. I'm like, "That was the guy, right? Tell him I'm sorry if he's still, you know, still here." I was being polite to him. Nobody wants to see that guy. You usually want to run away from them, but I, I know he's just doing his job, and I know sooner or later they're going to get me. So, uh, the next day he came in, and I told him what was happening. He goes, "Oh, what kind of show are you do?" You know, like, it's like, and and then I, um, he was really nice, and they, you know, now I see him every month, but. Um, it's really funny, when I was reading the affidavit of service, he just, you know, he writes down what you look like and, you know, all that kind of information, and it says uh, su- su- subject or whatever the, uh, what am I, respondent or plaintiff, I don't know, um, is the, uh, you know, is five, eight, five nine. I'm like, what what? You took two inches off my height! So when I see that guy next, I'm really going to let him have it about that, which is kind of funny. Um, The other part isn't that hilarious about suing me, but, you know, I'll work it out. I think I got to go down to the courts this week. You got 10 days to answer. And I think not doing anything isn't the answer, even though I know they can't evict me until either May or September. Uh, But, you know, so you you just want to do everything by the book. And what I've started to do, even though I don't have any income, you know, but I got something going on uh, where, you know, I have some money to draw from. I'm putting some money into some escrow, so I'll be ready for some of it. Not all of it, but I can give them something when all of this ends. So hopefully to I, – I don't know what else to do. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm – you know, there's uh, plenty of other people in the building. Now, the lady that I heard from the guys downstairs, uh, the one who comes with the wine, who's crazy – uh, look, with her with her empty wine glass. Like, everyone wine. Sh- I've heard she chased the guy who was serving the papers down the hallway and down the stairs <laughs> and told him to get out. And then apparently came down the elevator and chased him into the street. <laughs> now, that's funny. But she's getting served, too. I mean, Jesus Christ. Her electricity has been off the past week because uh, she was in the lobby using the Wi-Fi there. And then they shut off the Wi-Fi because she was using it. Now, I don't know why it's necessary To shut off the Wi-Fi if she wants to sit there on her phone, sitting on the couch. It's not like she's unpleasant to look at or doesn't really bother anybody. So I don't know why that's necessary, but I know her electricity gets turned off a lot. So everybody's getting served in the whole city with eviction papers. You know, nobody's getting kicked out as of now, but nobody has money to to pay. What what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Dave Juskow. If things were to go back to normal, let's say the comedy clubs open open in April or May. Let's just say that's a thing. Dave Jessica will not be able to make his living from comedy anymore. I mean, except for maybe stand-up. But still, from producing shows, the only way I was able to pay my rent and make money is if they sell out. And nothing will be selling out until 2022. You'd hope. But you know, nothing's going to sell out. There's going to be people that aren't going to be interested in going. And then the other thing will be like, maybe the club can't even put people together anymore. So I am way screwed and got to find something else to do, uh, you know, in the sense of the future. But again, you know, I really do feel optimistic, ironically, although I have, I have a lot of panic attacks because I know I'm holding it in inside, you know, that, that, Things are a little panicky, and especially since I just spent like $400 on dinner last night, uh, that's not making me feel good, but it was expected. Like, I knew I was going to take that hit, Um, and it was kind of worth it. It was fun going out to a restaurant with people and a really pretty girl and having a normal time, a really normal time. It was amazing. You know, you, you cannot go into a restaurant here in New York City You you know, just don't allow you. And I just don't get it. I mean, I think I really think Governor Cuomo's trying to somehow screw New York City, which I would totally get. If I lived in Albany, I'd feel the same way. But Donald Trump doesn't live here anymore. So if that was his plan, it's not very nice. There's a lot of people that are good people that own restaurants that just need to open. I mean, at least you're saying 25%. And the worst part is they won't tell you when it's over. Like, they're not going to tell you well, we're thinking about opening them February first. I mean, there's no information, and people just hear rumors. Well, I have heard they're going to open things up, but they're not. And with these vaccines, I mean, everybody's in such a oh, there's short supply. There's a rush. I mean, what is the rush? I don't. I don't want to get it. But I'm one of those people that doesn't like flu shots. I've never gotten one. I don't need them. I don't catch the flu. If you're susceptible to flus, then yeah, I can understand why you want to rush out and get the vaccine. For me, and I'm surprised that everybody's on board and just is dying, so to speak, uh, for the vaccine, because I would think you'd want to wait and see how everybody reacts to the vaccine first. I'm definitely one of those people that's a little nervous because I just don't I mean, I don't mind getting vaccinated. I don't think there's any conspiracy to it. I just like I said, I don't get the flu shot because everybody I know that's gotten the flu shot has got a horrible strain of the flu. So it's not for me. I don't want to get the vaccine. I just took a COVID test, by the way, on Thursday. I'll tell you about in a second, and I'm negative. Um, but I just don't, you know, and obviously I've been going out and stuff and taking my risks. But I just don't want to get the vaccine. Now, when it's time for me and they say it's time and I can go get it and it's simple, I'll get it. I don't want to be one of those people either that, you know, if you're, if you're going to have a card that says you have it or something, I, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I would never get that. That's ridiculous. Um, it's better to conform in this case because, you know, that could that could just cause so many other problems not getting it if everyone else is going to get it. Then everybody's just going to be angry. Maybe they wouldn't let you perform at clubs. Who knows how that's going to end up. But now they say there's a new strain of it in London, so are these vaccines... It's just like the flu shot. The flu shot works, but if there's a new strain of the flu coming some, from somewhere, you're going to get the flu, and you're going to get it worse than normal because you already have the flu injected to you, and that's what the flu shot is and then it'll just i think i think it makes it worse so so if there's a new strain of covid and it's not part of the vaccine we're all screwed anyway so i don't know but uh you know i just uh, you know they're just all complaining that you know because it's been handled so poorly you know who gets whatever and yet in israel they're all complimenting everything because they've done it flawlessly they said anybody you know 100 or over go then they go into the 90s then they go in the 80s now obviously it's a much smaller country but that's the way they're doing it, and that is a brilliant way. And they're just like, "Why don't we just do that? Everybody who's eighty, between eighty and ninety, sign up. We'll finish that up. Then we'll work our way down. It's a perfect plan. That way, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, uh, the the fire or whatever, because you know that's I, I appreciate that that's uh, they should get a vaccine or or doctors, but it's just such a mess, and nobody knows what's going on. It would just be better to say this month we're vaccinating or maybe if it even takes two months we're vaccinating everybody that's 80 80 to 89 i i like that plan i think that works um obviously i got a bunch of stuff to talk about today i just want to make sure i catch her. oh so what i was talking about with Olga is, and we're going to be all over the place today is that because we have two weeks of material to catch up on uh she made this cauliflower match so I've started because you know I'm on the Nutrisystem diet, and I definitely gained back some weight over the Christmas and New Year's. But I bought it down again, and I was at my mom's. I lost five more pounds. Not more pounds, but I'm back to where I should be. Uh, 184, I think, right? So I'm definitely hoping to lose like four more pounds. Um, So, you know, I got another month of Nutrisystem, and I I did that. but I haven't been doing it well, but once football season's over, I'll probably do much better at it. You know, for some reason, on Sunday, I'm watching football. I'm like, well, I'm going to order something disgusting because what else am I going to do? it's like i'm i'm going to miss football season but it ugh, you know i need it to be over um so what was i saying um so oh so to get off the Nutrisystem, system i've been trying this new thing which i just tried this past week and it worked very well and it's called uh, meal prep it's not it's not a thing or anything i'm doing it myself i you know i read about it online but i don't know whether it's for i don't think it's even for dieting um, this is my theory. It's pretty good now. NutraSystem is clearly all based on portion control. It's not. It has nothing to do with really. Uh, the stuff they give you is still caloric, and uh, the, you know, there's pasta, and there's no bread, but there's there's pasta, and there's well, I guess there is sometimes are in um, little flour uh, like burrito like things. So I guess, but um, it's clearly portion control based, and they have you eating fifteen hundred calories a day. So this week, because I'm trying to make the Nutrisystem last, you know, like two months, um, I did this meal prep. So what I'm going to do is every other week or maybe, you know, whatever, two weeks, whatever it is, I cook on Monday mornings. I make two things, and it really didn't take that long, and I, um, I make a lunch and a dinner. I bought these containers on Amazon where I fill up the containers for three or four days, lunches and dinners, And I put them in the refrigerator, and I have to say, it worked. You know, I stay on all the other Nutrisystem stuff, like a a snack, you know, a healthy snack, and and the shake, and, you know, whatever. But, you know, again, knowing what I'm going to have for lunch and dinner is where it's best for me. And it worked. I made, for lunch, I made this chicken cob salad uh, over lettuce. And so I just... You know, got one of those bags of lettuce, put it in the meal prep container, and in the smaller slots, I put the chicken salad. And then when I was ready to eat it, I put it on a plate over the lettuce, and I had a healthy lunch. That was what I thought was portion-controlled. I'm hoping. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just doing it, my best guess. And then for dinner, I made this garlic soy chicken with cauliflower rice, that I just bought at the store, like frozen, but I put it in the compartment and broccoli, frozen broccoli, but I put it in the compartments and in the tray and container, it lasted perfectly. Nothing wilted. Everything was fine when I heated up and it was delicious. I think I got something here that can help me uh, in my dieting after the System is finished. But on the flip side, the System, as you know, costs about $350 for a month of food, which I obviously stretched into. Uh, A lot more. But when I went to buy the ingredients for my meal prep for one week, it was like $100. So I don't know whether it works financially or not. But again, I'm just looking for some sort of consistency and regulation. Uh, But I knew, you know, I like rice, but I know that's just something you should not be eating if you are trying to diet. And mostly I diet on the weekdays. But uh, I will diet on a, a Saturday Never a Sunday, usually, but a Saturday for sure. But during football season, everything is askew. And uh, tomorrow we're coming up on the AFC and NFC Championship. This will all be uh, done by the time you hear this. I am going all in on a Packers-Chiefs Super Bowl. Because I went 4-0 and last week. I guessed right on everything. And I'm going Packers-Chiefs. You'll know whether I'm right at, at, at the sound of my voice right now. At the sound of my voice, Chumley, it's time to see Mr. Whoopi. Um, and I think Aaron Rodgers wins it all and has his second Super Bowl ring. I think, I think that will be the plan this year, uh, which is uh, the same matchup as Super Bowl one with the same outcome. And if we look at it in that manner, then with the Kansas City Chiefs winning. Last year, and the Packers, if they if they were to win this year, then technically the Jets should be next. Hello, is this on? Because they won Super Bowl three, so if you're Super Bowl one and two winners, uh, or actually it's one and four, but but the Green Bay won the first two Super Bowls, and Kansas City won the fourth, and the Jets won the third. So for compacting, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get to. But the Jets have this new coach. I think his name is Robert Sala, and I love him. And everybody's really happy. So even though we're not going to get this number one draft pick, which wouldn't matter anyway because they'd ruin him, this is terrific. And if we get this kid from Houston, it's Deshaun Watson maybe. I mean, you really got – this guy's great. He's cool. He's handsome. Uh, Everybody's, like, talking about how handsome he is. He's a very attractive, bald man. But he's cool. I want to give him a call. I want to get him on the show. He's cool. He gives us all hope. The Mets and the Jets this year, what's that all about? But, yeah, I would assume any Jets fan is very excited about this guy and what he brings to the table and to turn a 2-14 and 14 team into maybe, you know, some sort of playoff contenders, all you can ask. And um, it's exciting, very exciting. This guy is exciting. Came over for the 49ers, which he bought into the Super Bowl last year and, you know, really got them going even without – their franchise quarterback uh you know did pretty well until they just you know were got depleted on injuries but yeah this guy's pretty cool and so I'm all in on him and I heard a rumor you know they're trying to find a new James Bond and they're talking about Cillian Murphy I don't know if you know that guy I'm trying to think what you would know him from uh, he's in what is it 28 days He's gorgeous, you know, bright blue eyes, handsome when he looks like a woman. Because I think he played a woman in a movie once. Um, He's in that movie with uh, Justin Timberlake, which is awful. Um, And uh, he's in Batman. He plays the Scarecrow in Batman, in the Christopher Nolan Batman. Uh, I I, love – this guy's – oh, my God, he's an amazing villain in Red Eye, this movie Red Eye with um, the girl that slept with uh, Michael Sheen. Uh, who's in uh, Mean Girls. Um, oh, my God, he was great. So I like this. I'm all in on this Robert Sala and Cillian Murphy. I am all in on two of them. And I, I almost want to, like, call up these two people. Like, I want to call up the judge and be like, good job, good job. And then call up the people that do bonding. Yeah, 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 you got to go with this guy. This is the guy. He's a little too good looking, I think, but but he's older now. So it, I think he'll fit the bill. I like it. I don't think he's American. Because, yes, you know, some footage has come out that when James Brolin auditioned for Octopussy, when they were trying to, when Roger Moore wasn't sure he was going to do another one or something, and they have footage, and he's American, so James, oh, no, no, he's Scottish, it'll be okay, yeah, I think he's Scottish, so um, perfect, because I just don't understand why they were even looking at James Brolin, like, I mean, I love America, I love this country, but James Bond needs to be British, and he can't have an accent either, he's got to be British or Scottish, you know, that's the plan. You know, if you want James Bond here, you you have Jason Bourne. There you go. Or Bruce Willis, all right? There's our American guys. They're not very suave, but they get the job done. And that's the name of that tune. You know, you want, uh, you know, a Robert Blake. You want a Beretta uh, character. (laughs) But, you know, for uh, James Bond, you want suave and sophisticated, and that says mostly British. Uh, where did that bring me to on my list today? You know, on uh Monday night, we went up uh we went out for a Tell's birthday, David Tell's birthday, um, which I forgot. Oh my god. I mean, I've celebrated this guy's birthday for thirty years. Totally forgot. Like, I mean, just I, I don't know what he's like, yeah, I don't know what we should do tonight. I'm like, huh? Oh, yes, of course. No, I was right on it. Uh yeah, I felt horrible. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't planning on going out. I was doing the meal prep thing on a month. It was on a Monday on Martin Luther King Day. And I was like, you know, I'm like, well, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? You don't want to eat outside. So I didn't. That's I guess that's why I just normally I wouldn't forget about it. But, you know, I knew nobody wanted to sit outside, but he did. So we went to the diner by my house, which I was thrilled. He's like, yeah, we'll go to that diner by your house. I'm like, oh, OK. And we met at eight thirty and we sat at me um Nick Griffin, and Ian Fidance and we all, you know, sitting out there freezing. It was awful in that sense. Again, my feet were freezing. Everything was freezing. They have heat lamps, but bleh. But we had a great time, because the tell was funny, and he was just, you know, we're all making jokes about the cold, and the food was good. It took a long time, but it was good, and we we had a good time. Um, So, you know, whatever, and I was just, I was thrilled to be by my house, but I could barely walk home, because my feet were so freezing. I I know he keeps saying i got to do something about it. It's just that I keep thinking it's going to be May soon, so I'm not going to have to do anything, but clearly. Or I keep thinking they're going to let us inside soon. I keep thinking it's going to be over. But it's it's never over, which is problematic. You know, uh, uh, what I wanted to say also was um, at the um, inauguration, they had this girl, Amanda Gorman. She is the uh, what is it the first poet laureate uh, junior? She's like twenty two, twenty three, I think she's twenty two, and she read a poem. And you know that's what they they what are they they call that a poet laureate? That's like, like Maya Angelou and stuff like that. Like every inauguration has somebody like that, but she's twenty two, was great, and she was fine. However, you know she tweeted yesterday because her books, <laughs> that's her books, twenty two year old kid were first and second on Amazon. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe my books are first and second. I'm like, what you, you can't believe it? Really? You spoiled, rotten kid. You, you can't believe it. You spoke at the inauguration of the country. Of course they're going to be one and two. That's the beauty about getting to speak in front of the whole nation at an inauguration. I can't believe it. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. If that didn't happen, something would be seriously wrong. Especially if you're black and you're doing it at this point, you know, at a, at a very special inauguration. Please. Oh, my. That annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, my God, you guys, I can't even believe it. What luck I have. Shut up. You know, my books would also go to number one if I spoke at the inauguration. Even if I spoke at Donald Trump's inauguration, my books would go to number one. That is the, the, the extra prize you get at the end of the rainbow. Oh, so I'm watching uh so, you know, I ate a lot last night and drank and, you know, had steak and then coffee at night, right? So i was up all night. I mean, I I I, I slept a little, but I'm I'm wide awake today. It's like 8:30 in the morning and I'm wide awake. I was like, let's do the podcast. Um, but last night, you know, I oh, so I watched the movie Tenet. I think it's Tenet. Not Tenant. I thought it was called Tenant, but it's called Tenet. It's um a Christopher Nolan movie. And I don't even... Robert Pattinson's in and I don't even know the other guy. It's a black guy. And, um, you know, everybody's making a big deal about it. So I said, let me check it out. It's like two and a half hours long. And it's a time travel movie, which I didn't know. So once I found that out, I'm like, well, i got to check that out. And it's it's just okay. Uh, I I guess I'd recommend... You know, now that it's sinking in five, six hours later... Would I recommend killing two and a half hours there? I guess I don't know. You have to judge for yourself. It's weird. It's not like a fun time travel. I mean, there's stuff that's fun, but we've seen it before at this point, even in Harry Potter. So but still, you know, when people are able to design, you know, a movie like that, I guess it's kinda good. There I mean there's some excellent special effects and stuff which are very cool. But I don't know. I feel bad, you know, I, I put, probably put so much work into it and everything. It, it, it always reminded me of, you know, in the 80s or and early 90s when everything, like, people would, you know, you'd, you'd spend $200 million on making a movie. And it all came down to the pimply-faced kid at the Blockbuster video store, you know? you spend all this time, all this money, but it all came down like, a, what do you think of Die Hard 3? Eh. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just kind of funny. Well, All the research, all the stuff, all the movie magazines, the reviews, it always came down to the kid at the store like, what do you recommend? Uh eh, I don't know, you know, uh, like in Seinfeld, we Weekend at Bernie's 2, Gene Picks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all right. You know, eh, I guess I got nothing to say. Anyway, after that, I watched Match Game because it was on. Match Game 74. And this was the most interesting thing. I saw a guy I'd never seen before, but yet if you look at any 70s TV when I looked him up, I mean, his name is Scoey Mitchell. And I was like, you know, I saw his first name Scoey. I'm like, Scowy? Who the hell is it? I didn't know who it was. Now, the rest of the panel was Brett Summers, Charles Nelson Riley, of course, Richard Dawson. Uh, Marshall Wallace was on the lower right-hand side. And Patty Deutsch, remember her? She, uh, redhead, uh, you know, person you remember from the 70s or something. I don't remember what particular thing she was in. Uh, was on the left-hand, technically, quote, hot girl side. So this guy, Scoey, he's smoking a cigarette. And he's, trying, he's blowing it away. And Gene Rivers is like, what are you blowing away? He's like, oh, I didn't want people to know I was smoking. And he's just sitting there clearly. Every time they cut to him, he's smoking. He's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, wow. And he's like, it's all right if you smoke. Gene's like, it's all right if you smoke. You know, this is a big deal. And it's, you know, obviously that's fascinating alone, right? But I looked him up. Everyone, including the host, Gene Rayburn, everyone on that panel, every single one, even the very young Patty George, is dead. He's still alive. The one guy smoking on that show who couldn't even take a break when he's taping a television show for money is still alive at the age of 90. Now, where does that fucking make sense in the world? It's very clear that that guy had a major smoking habit, and yet everyone else on that panel is dead. Every single one. I even looked up the uh, contestants. I looked up this one, which was kind of hot. Uh, but I, I can't. That's a tough one to find. But everybody, the announcer, uh, you know, the host, the panel, all dead, except for the guy who couldn't stop smoking. Which only goes to tell you that David Tell will probably live to be 100. This guy's 90, still alive. I don't know whether he still smokes, but the fact of the matter is when you smoke for 20 years, usually you die around 70. That's what they tell us. But that's the thing. You know, it really is all a crapshoot. I mean, all you have to do is look at Linda McCartney. who died in her 50s. The healthiest person ever, the person who like started healthy eating for everybody. Like, hey, we gotta gotta take care of ourselves, gotta be healthy, you gotta meditate, you gotta do all this really great stuff for the planet. She's dead. I mean, that's what it tells you. What are you gonna do? So if there's a a a virus, you might as well just go out and eat at a restaurant. Because what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? go? Where's he gonna go? He's worried. What is he worried about? Everything is beautiful. I'm doing good, fellas, for those of you who didn't know. But yeah, I was, I was absolutely fascinated by that. Oh, so let me tell you about my COVID test I took on Thursday. I went to my Oh, so I went to my mother's, right? So I went to my mother's last week, and we were stopping at the pharmacy. She's got to pick up her prescriptions. They were like, what was it, like $300? It was horrible. Like heart medication. It's got to take all the time. It's, like, ridiculously expensive. Oh, my God, it pissed me off, and I don't know what to do about it or who to call, but, boy, was I angry. Um and I'm going to this pharmacy and there's a guy sitting outside in the front. And I go, "What do you got? COVID test here?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm, nobody was there. And I'm like, "Can I get one?" He's like, "No, you got to fill out this form. You got to you got to sign up online." I'm like, "Well, what's the site?" He was like a dick. And I'm like, and I'm like, "You gave me the wrong site. Do you have anything?" like he, he he gave me the wrong information and then he gave me a piece of paper with the site on it. You sign up, you make an appointment. And I'm like, "Well, there's nobody here. You can't just give me one now." He's like, "No, it's not the way it works." So I made it for this. I said, when I go back Thursday, I'll be able to get it. Because as you know, I can't go down to the city MD by my house. You got to wake up at six in the morning. You got to wait in line for three hours. Then they tell you when you can come back. And then you got to wait online for that. And I'm like, well, screw this. This guy, there's nothing going on here. So I filled it out online. There was no. And remember, I was trying to fill out one and see if they wouldn't let me take one because I didn't have any symptoms. This one, they didn't seem to care. I went there Thursday. Even, I was 15 minutes early. I go, hey, I'm early. Do you mind? He goes, no, nah, you go. But. And, and I took it, and it's done, and that was Thursday, and just uh, this morning I got the results back. Negative. But this place, so it's weird, right? You're outdoors at this strip mall, and he says, just go to the side and put the swab up your nose. <laughs> and I'm like, just right outside, you know, like where everybody's walking around. I mean, this is so fucking embarrassing. And I was nervous because there was not only, there was a lady behind me, and, but there was a guy in a walker, and I'm like, what is he going to, like, brush up against me while I have this thing up my nose? This blows. Yeah, I guess that's kind of funny. This nose blows. But, um, yeah, so I was, like, getting all panicky, but, you know, I did it and then put it in. Or, I mean, it couldn't have been easier. I had to go all the way to New Jersey to get it, but you know what? I'll just go there every other week when I'm there. i just keep getting them. It was free. I don't even think they asked for my insurance. So... Fuck it. Why not keep getting it, right? I don't, I'm not doing anything. There's, there was no line. There's nothing. Two in the afternoon. It was beautiful. I'll just keep. I mean, I'm there every week anyway. What the hell? Meanwhile, next Thursday, I'm doing this benefit show for this uh, this uh, public school here in the city that I usually do for Gilbert, but it's uh, it's you know Gilbert's wife put me in touch with these people because you she set up a show for them. So I'm doing. We're doing a Zoom fundraiser show. And I've got, you know, Jessica Kirsten on it, Gilbert. I had Marina on it. Um, Olga's on it. Elon's on it. Um, Colin's going to be on it, right? It's not, like, for the public, you know. It's just uh, for the people at the school. So I have everything all set. It's beautiful. I got all the people I like on it. Very excited about it. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I see Marina's got a show that day at that exact time. And I call her. I'm like, hey, what the fuck is this? What about the show on Thursday? And she goes, "Oh, I forgot." Yeah, you know how that makes me. Now I haven't talked to her since. She's tried to call and apologize, but I mean that again. Now Jessica Kersan, I sent her the email. I said, "Can you go on here?" She goes, "Oh, I just got work. I'm I'm at the Helium in Philly." And I'm like, oh, "Here we go." She's like, "Well, I got to work for money." Now I'm paying everybody for this. I know she's going to make more money in Philly. I get that, but. I'm like, here we go again, you know, the disrespect. Um, But at least she was kind. She's like, hey, I'm going to Philly, but I can still do it. Can I just go on first? Which is not what I wanted, but we worked it out. With Marina, I mean, I'm just angry because I had to find out if I wasn't going through Instagram that night, I would never have known that she couldn't do it. So I'm furious at her, really angry of the way that transpired. And you can't blame me for that one. Uh, But speaking of things that make me happy, I finally put together that goddamn Pac-Man machine. Plus, I have a really funny Instagram video coming out on Wednesday, where uh, tomorrow, where I'm putting the machine together, and I'm like, you know, sitting there with my my glasses, you know, like 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 Ben Franklin like, and I'm like uh, drilling the part of the machine, and I'm like, well, this can't be right. Are you sure you're reading those instructions correctly? And you pan over. And it's the the dog, Sasha, that I always see walking down the street. And and she's like, I'm like, you got him upside down. And and then just the music. And so uh, hilarious stuff. A dog reading the instructions. Always funny. People, please. That's going to be hilarious. But anyway, I put the machine together. Um, It was very simple. It took me a couple. I figured I'll, I'll do it while I was watching football. So it was perfect. And I started playing it yesterday. Like when I was on. Uh, hold for the courts. So I was trying to get some information. Meanwhile, they just they don't pick up. Um, and I was playing it, and when I got home last night, I was all coughing up. I was playing it. was really fun because it's got Galaga on it. So it's doing really well, and it's got like eight different Pac-Mans. It was really fun to play. And now I set them up in that area. So I bought the golf one over there and the Pac-Man. So I have like this area now. I, gave, I definitely need a third one. And then I've got an arcade of my own in my house, and when things go back to normal, people can come and play. Because that's what you want from a 70-year-old's apartment. Thank you very much. Of course, that would make sense that a 70-year-old would have that in their apartment because, you know, from a time when those kind of games were very important. But, boy, would I like to get that, um... Dr- what's it called? Dri- out... Dr- out. Oh, I can't remember now. It's the driving one, the outrun, where you're seated and it's a driving game. Look, I'm, I'm emotioning with the driving like I'm on video. Uh, yeah, I'd like to get that one, or just any kind of third one that's coming out. Um, they're coming out with Dragon's Lair, that could be interesting too. We'll see. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. When we were at Rhoda's last week, she, I think, did she tell Dory or did she tell, tell Beth? I can't remember. She told Dory. She told Dory or somebody that Dory peaked, you know, in her prettiness at one and a half, at one and a half years old. That was Dory's peak really prettiness (laughs) what the fuck kind of grandmother is this (laughs) yeah well dory peaked at one and a half clearly you know so it's all downhill for me (laughs) what the fuck oh it's funny every time at this point so um as you know uh, i think we're up to this part i have I've been obviously uh, watching Buck Rogers, not stop because it's on, you know, my Saturday night. Now that there's nothing to do, there's no performing on Saturdays, I'm just home. And me, TV's got Star Trek at 10, Buck Rogers at 11, and Colt Jack at 12, right? So I just watch Star Trek and Buck Rogers, and then I turn off the TV for an hour and maybe come back at 1 and do something else. So I've been watching Buck Rogers because they started from the pilot, so I'm like just watching the video. I don't know. I'm also playing a video game at the same time. You know, whatever. I'm just... I'm watching it. But, I mean, it has been really spectacular in what I am finding these gems. I played the thing up front where he's talking about O.J. Simpson. I mean, this kind of stuff is just gold. Here's the one where he's talking about meatloaf.
0: Junius in the archives, he's listening to a tape of Meatloaf. Don't ask. Mark, you do realize, had it not been a question of hundreds of thousands of lives, we would never have betrayed you like we did. Now look, I invite you all here to show you the no-hard feelings. The pyramid is gone, our doll and cane are gone, I'm here, and I'm single, (laughs) and I'm going to introduce you all to some good old-fashioned split pea soup. It's not really fees, it's a soybean derivative, but it's the same principle. Now, who'd like the first taste?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, hilarious, oops, the hilarious ending of uh, those kind of uh, situations. Well, if everything is great, he's listening to meatloaf. It's Twiggy just hanging around going like bee bee-bee Hiya buck. Uh, I've just been obviously really enjoying it's so stupid, but if you're asking why, why would why? Is Dave Justin watching Buck Rogers? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how they get me. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like watching Buck Rogers today, but they get me. The descriptions. What I did today was get, and and why did I like it as a kid too? Okay, the descriptions for season one. These are the first twelve episodes. These are the descriptions. Episode one and two. This is the pilot. Um, Buck claims the Draconians have set him up, and that their representative. The ravishing Princess Ardala, who is way hot. I mean, I remember her from the 70s, and she's still hot now. I mean, what I'm watching. Is, uh, is arriving in an armed warship which violates the peace treaty with Earth. The authorities refuse to believe Buck and sentence him to be executed. Buck sets out to prove the Draconian's hostile intent by seducing Ardala. Of course I'm going to watch that. Episode 3 and 4, two-parter, is called Planet of the Slave Girls. Hello. Don't need a description. Episode 5. A mob boss kidnaps his daughter for fear she knows too much about his organization. Buck has no interest until sexy Major Marla Landers convinces him to take the mission. While Landers uses her charm to distract the mob boss, Bob rescues Felina. I mean, this just speaks to a 15-year-old boy and clearly a 56-year-old man who's got issues. But it doesn't speak to any man. Buck, episode six and seven. These are all two parties. Buck goes undercover, but his true identity is briefly questioned by the presence of Joella Cameron, who is played by really hot at that time, especially Marky Post, one of Argo's girlfriends. But she goes along with the deception and kisses Buck to help him with his cover. Hot. I, re- I saw that episode, too. It is hot. Episode eight. Buck and Wilma go after a notorious gunrunner named Corliss. Wanting Buck and Wilma to suffer as he did, Corliss plans to torture them. Eventually, his hot, deaf, mute slave girl, Alicia, helps Buck and Wilma escape. (laughs) And she was hot, truly, and it was great. And you knew she was going to help later, but it was exciting. Episode 9, it's just entitled Unchained Women. What's it about? Buck infiltrates a women's prison. Don't need to see any anymore that one had Jamie Lee Curtis in it a nineteen seventy nine Jamie Lee Curtis not the one who looks like B Arthur today episode ten only the title is necessary Planet of the Amazon women hello episode eleven episode eleven has nothing to do with women it's just it's Gary Coleman plays the president of the United States. I think we talked about that last week. I'm already in. But his bodyguard was this completely sexy lieutenant, Dia Sertan. I mean, she, it, was, it was ridiculous. I think if I was Gary Coleman and I was a boy and I had to act with this lady, I wouldn't be able to stand it. it would, I would think that everybody I'm like, does everybody know I'm masturbating to her when I get home? I would not be able to handle that as a, as a boy in um, episode 12, the legendary, which I've also played clips from, Escape from Wedded Bliss, Princess Ardala demands to marry Buck or she will destroy New Chicago. Buck plays along and it's hot. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do? Those are the description. Every time I say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with Buck Rogers today. I see the description and I'm like, well. I mean, I fall for this when I'm watching Two and a Half Men. These girls are so pretty. I mean, what else am I going to watch at that hour? What am I doing? What am I doing at that hour? You know, you just want to see something nice. I mean, I got fooled last week. I was watching news radio. You know, I'm just trying to watch stuff that before there was a virus, right? So I'm just going through the channels like everybody else. We're all bored. And I watch Netflix, too. And and then sometimes I'm just like, well, let me just watch something for a half hour. So here's the premise. News radio. Lisa's new assistant, guest star Tiffany Amber Thiesen, is is approach is is attracted to Dave. Of course I'm going to watch that. Tiffany Ambertheese in 1999 Tiffany Ambertheese. Yes, I'm going to watch it and it was as hot as advertised. God damn it. What can I do? But then on the flip side, sometimes they have me because I'm watching the 6 million dollar man the other day and Barry Miller is playing this prince. Barry Miller. You know Barry Miller. I couldn't even believe it when I saw it.
0: He's the best. Hey, man, he's great. He's great. Listen, mm-hmm. so Can I talk to you for a second, Father? Yeah, call me Frank. Frank. Frank, listen. Yeah. Come here. You want to hear something? Listen. I got I, my girlfriend, you know? Can <laughs> I tell you something? Yeah. Come here for a sec. Listen, Frank. Uh, I want to hear something. I I I got a lot of ideas. You see, like I was reading up about the Pope. Hey, Father. Yes, yeah, Frank. Frank, Frank, Frank. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, Frank. Okay, Frank. Yeah, hey, listen, Frank. Uh, I got a I got a girlfriend, you know. She's Pauline. Her name's Pauline. And and yeah. I, I What do you mean you got her... Did you you get her pregnant? Yes, I did. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> she loves the taste of communion wafers. Well, I I got a lot of ideas, you know, swimming around in my head, and I, I was reading a lot of stuff lately. I I heard like. The Pope, he, he gives a uh, uh, special, uh, this, you know, what is it? Dispensation. Yeah, yeah. You think the, the Pope could give Pauline an abortion? Can he give you a dispensation for an abortion? Yeah, you think he could do this? I don't think so, Bobby. Well, maybe, you know, maybe he could do it for me. Maybe, you know, maybe. I'm sorry, Bobby, I don't think so. I was just Did thinking If Did you talk to it. your priest about it? Yeah, I, I talk to everybody about it. <laughs> And i talked to a lot of, a lot of people. A lot of, all right, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot, all right? You play, you pay, you know? It's funny, huh? Don't forget
1: everybody. Hey, Father, can I talk to you for a minute? Father, my, my girlfriend, she likes to taste the comedian wafers, right? It's Bobby C. Um, you know, this guy's the worst. He's clearly the worst priest ever. Not only does he leave the priesthood, but um, then he doesn't talk to this guy, and the kid commits suicide. So he's like the worst character ever in Saturday Night Fever, if you think about it. Father, can I talk to you for a minute? I get, no, I got a lot of ideas, you know, swimming in my head. I just, you know, I, say, I thought maybe the Pope could give me. I mean, th- th- right then he should be like, uh, "Did you talk to your priest?" You should say, "Did you talk to a therapist?" If you if you think the Pope is going to give you special dispensation, you I mean, obviously you're insane. I mean, this movie's got a lot of flaws to it. <laughs> Did you see, uh, if you were watching the Tuesday show, I had the clip from Saturday Night Fever 2. Because, you know, McKellie Colkin wants to get rid of the Donald Trump scene in Home Alone 2. Which, is, come on, just relax. If you really were in on it, you know, it's just like everybody, sure, jump on the bandwagon now. Well, like me in a way. But, um, you know, don't take it out of You should have said that four years ago. You know, don't say it the day he's leaving. You know, who cares? And I think it's great to have him in there. I think it's awesome. We want to remember that he's been around in all our lives for a long time. But then I showed the scene where John Travolta bumps into Sylvester Stallone, the director of Saturday Night Fever 2 on the street. I'm like, well, what, are we going to start cutting out scenes like this? I don't think so. Meanwhile, speaking of TV, I've watched twice, just to try, My Name is Cat, the awful, awful, my Bialik show on Fox. I mean, awful. It's the way I want to call the James Bond people and say yes to Cillian Murphy, call the Jets and say thank you very much. I want to call Fox and say like, are you fucking kidding? This show stinks. Now, I know it's just a typical sitcom, but it's bad. It's really bad. And I mean, she's not funny at all. And that's the problem. You know, it's like, when girl, like, it's, it's exactly, it's Meredith Bexter burney all over again, right? This is a girl, they've told her that she's funny. Like Deborah Messing, I was talking about her yesterday. Deborah Messing is not funny. But everybody's told her she is because she's been in a sitcom where everyone else is funny. So Meredith Bexta-Burney kept thinking she was really funny. She's so not funny in Family Ties, right? So this girl thinks she's funny. She's not funny. Kelly Kuko, well, we give a pass to because she's really pretty. So if she wants to think she's funny, that's fine. But Mayim Bialik has no pass. She's already had two successful sh- sh- sitcoms, made a shitload of money, and she's like a scientist. Do we really have to give her a third one? You know, fuck fuck this. There's people dying of COVID, and she's got her third series going to make a fortune on. But it's really bad. And she turns to the camera and talks, and it's bad. Her mother is Susie Kurtz. She's bad. The people that work at her cat cafe are bad and of course you know i'm up for a sitcom where somebody owns a cat cafe that's hilarious but it's so bad and in the and the laugh track is bad uh, her her dress her wardrobe is awful she's dressing like her character in the big Bang there i mean you know if somebody's unattractive and dumpy you can still dress them to where they look like they're just not disgusting You know, so that's, you know, and if she's trying to date this hot guy that's on the show, that's not the way it works. And again, if you're talking about a fantasy like The Big Bang Theory, which is why I liked it, because it's like a fantasy show, this just doesn't doesn't work on any level. Because this just isn't right. But you can see how maybe a hot girl would like a scientist. It does work the other way. But, um, yeah, no. And also, the thing is, when I was writing... My, You know, the couple of strips I was writing with my friend Steve Charlotte, who, again, is a professional television writer. He would say, well, we have to make the audience care for this character. So I always think about that when I'm watching some of these shows. And I cannot find one instance in this show, in the two episodes I've seen, where you would care about this character. The first episode, she, her friend uh, has a, is having a wedding... And she says, you can only bring a significant other. Now, of course, that's, a, that, that's not very nice to do to your, you know, if she's the maid of honor, or whatever she is. But she brings somebody anyway who's clearly not her boyfriend and somebody who she just, whatever it is, and kind of ruins her friend's wedding. So how am I supposed to care for this character who's very, very selfish? And then there was another one where she's pretending to be somebody else for whatever selfish reasons they are. So, but it's not funny. Like, if the character is selfish, I can be in on that. But it's that she, they're playing her that she's a real sweet person. And in the two episodes I saw, she's just an asshole. So, this kind of stuff just really bugs me because I don't think they're not making it for me. I'm the last person that watches these shows. So, yeah, they're making them for me. And this stinks. I mean, I guess she's popular because she's just come off, you know, a heavy, heavy sitcom. But uh, I just can't imagine this would be last. It's just God awful. You know, and it's like that, you know, that B positive show I watch, which is awful. But there's a saving grace in that the lead girl who, as we talked about, like, oh, geez, the only thing I could do, I just I, the only thing I left New York City for was to record my sitcom. Oh, what a fucking asshole. But, but she's still talented. That's a fact. But the show is that's awful. But it's not as bad. This is horrible. Be positive I can watch. You got Linda Lavin in it, Bernie Copel, you got some, you know, some heavy hitter, really good actors in it. And uh, you know, I like this girl. But this show, My Name is Cat, is god awful. It has no saving grace whatsoever. I don't know why I needed to tell you people that. Um, I guess well, you know, I mean, Jesus, six years ago when we started this show. It was half football or half sports and half television, and that's what we talk about. So I still sometimes have to go back to my roots of telling you what I think of these horrible shows. At least now I've expanded to HBO and Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that, because remember, I was the last one to budge. I'm like, no, let's just talk about network television. And finally, I got on board (laughs) and said, well, I guess there really is no, no more network Television anymore, although Nancy Drew and Riverdale came back last week. So you know, hello, hello. and Now people are saying, Dave, seriously, how old are you? What, what are you watching? So I, uh, yeah. I, oh, by the way, I also finished the third season of The Crown because I'm totally psyched for the fourth season. Like, I've been waiting to get through it. It's not that it has been hard to get through, but it's just been waiting for that Princess Diana stuff. I think that's really going to be terrific. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And also, I wanted to talk about just quickly. Not quickly for any reason, but uh, Hank Aaron died, and this guy was such a mensch. You know, I mean, I can't even imagine this poor guy. And I think we even spoke about it many years ago, because I did not know. I remember so, so, yeah. I probably should have tried and found the clip there. I remember. Okay, it was I can tell you exactly what it was. it was. Right after the Giants won the Super Bowl, Bob Costas, and I've told this story before. Bob Costas had a show on HBO talking about the year in sports and he had, um, I think he, they gave it a pass. It was supposed to be the year before, but they gave it a pass since the Giants. It was such a memorable Super Bowl with the Patriots and everything, and that's when Rodney Harrison was on. He goes, look, I did everything I could to rip the ball from this guy's thing. If he catches it to his helmet, there's nothing I can do. So it was a great interview. And then he has Willie Mays and Hank Aaron on. And this guy, Bob Costas, which, he is just the shit, asked the question in a crowded Radio City music hall saying, Why do you think – he's basically saying in a roundabout way, why do you think there aren't many black people in baseball? Is it because it's a generational sport and most black people don't have dads? I mean, he basically said it that way, and it was such a gutsy question, but a really interesting one. And they answered it completely not thrown, and they said, yeah, we do think that's the reason. You know, it's because it's a – you're saying it's a game your dad usually brings you to or whatever, and that's how you get into it. And most black people don't... You know, that's that's a fact. Um, Or many times or whatever. Anyway, they agreed. Uh, But the thing was, what was so interesting was hearing Hank Aaron talk about... Because Bob goes, I hear that was a bad time for you when you broke Babe Ruth's record. I'm sitting there going like, what's what's he talking about? I had no idea. I mean, this guy was getting death threats. You know, horrible, horrible death threats. The organization, the Braves were getting death threats. Because remember... He's a black guy in Georgia who just beat Babe Ruth, you know, the legendary whitest of white guys record. And um yeah, he got all these death threats. I had no idea. I had no he said that was a bad time for me. I mean, this poor guy. This poor guy. But what a what a a wonderful person. Now, the best part is I've heard he has these letters. He's saved them all. I hope his family brings them out because Let's find these guys that wrote it. Their names are probably on it. They probably didn't even give a shit. I mean, let's find to see if they're still alive. Let's punch them in the face and punch their families in the face. I hope they show these letters. I hope he brings them out. I mean, this would be really interesting to see where they came from, what neighborhoods or whatever. I mean, there's got to be some sort of postmark we can find out. Some jackass probably put his name. I mean, if those people went into the Capitol building with no masks, taking selfies of themselves then it's got to be the same kind of jerk-offs that send a hate a hate mail letter to Hank Aaron because he beat Babe Ruth's record. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? You know, I mean, this is like nonsense stuff. Meanwhile, I'd like to send a hate letter to Barry Bonds for ruining Hank Aaron's beautiful record by being on steroids, and I still think they should take that away from him or at least put the asterisk up there because it's not acceptable. On the flip side of that, Hank Aaron recorded such a nice message for Barry Bonds when he broke it never said anything about the story. He's like, hey, congratulations. I, that's really nice. I mean, this guy was a real gentleman and he lived through major adversity. I can't even imagine. I think they said when he started, he had to use a different, different showers, different bathrooms. And wow, you know, you, this stuff we we couldn't possibly even imagine uh, living that life. And You know, it's just so funny when you do think of uh, the way it is now. I mean, he really changed the, you know, Jackie Robinson. He said he apparently he saw Jackie Robinson play and said, well, I guess I can do it. You know, so we know how important Jackie Robinson was. But, oh, this poor guy, you know, like that's why he actually stayed out of it for a while. He could have, you know, just been such a living legend in 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 the booth or whatever. But I guess he was a good 10. I guess more stuff will come out about, you know, kind of what he did after baseball. But it looks like he just really retired and you know just kept to himself and didn't bother anybody. and i'm sure those death threats probably had something to do with it you know it's such a bummer what a what a what a what it seems like a nice man he reminds me of not because he's black just i guess or maybe it is it reminds me of mayor dinkins i don't know why i could sing. i don't know why i guess i i listen i'm prejudiced. what do you want me to say i don't know what i think I'm thinking of mayor dinkins because mayor dinkins was such a horrible mayor i'm telling you it's probably like bill de blasio I mean, I meet, I meet this guy in the street after he's not mayor anymore. And I'd be like, what a great guy. What a great guy. Because that's what we're talking about. Hitler had to have been charming. You cannot put all that together and have all those people following you if you're not charming. I guess we were talking about it because in the inauguration, all those presidents were there. And George Bush is there, who's a horrible president. But we all know this guy's got to be a lot of laughs. He's got to be Cool. You can't get to that position if you're not a little charming. It just doesn't happen. You have to have some form of charm. Even Donald Trump, I mean, he, he was charming. I mean, you look at the clip from Home Alone 2. How about the clip from Suddenly Susan? I pointed out, I put a video montage together of all the clips that he was in. Suddenly Susan. I said, what, are we going to take him out of Suddenly Susan where he's actually in a scene with Kathy Griffin? We want to take that out? Please. This is, this is important history-making. Goddamn cancel coacher. Goddamn kid. Could have killed that kid. Could have killed that kid.
0: Uh,
1: that's, uh, that's for the Bad News Bears. I don't know. If that's kind of problem. <laughs> go back and forth anyway folks that is our show for today i hope you liked it i think i was uh, energetic and fun i think it was a, a fun show i don't think there was any lapses today Sometimes I leave the show and I say, "What am I doing? What's that? What kind of show was that?" Then I listen back, I and mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But um, today I, I, I was feeling pretty good about it. I'm in a really good mood. I'm all copied up, and it's only nine in the morning. And I look for how much more done I can get today. Which, of course, nothing. Probably taking nap later. And of course, it's a, a great football weekend. It's a beautiful day outside, except for that it's cold. So um, it's a lovely Saturday afternoon. But for you, when you're seeing, well, actually, uh, you know, if you're a Patreon subscriber of any kind, any level, the be Bernie Calico or Maggie Level, you get this possibly on Saturday evening. So fun times if you're a patron subscriber and thank you my Patreon subscriber friends. And if you want to get the podcast early please sign up at Patreon Dave Jeskow. And um, if you want to see last week's video with Wendy Liebman, please sign up at Patreon Dave Jeskow. Otherwise, um, it will come out a month later on YouTube. I just can't put all that time into it not put it on YouTube but I think you guys understand and um, you know that's the story and thank you everybody and thank you uh, Gabriel again you've been so nice and donating on that Tuesday show you don't have to do that anymore I really appreciate it we'd like to get somebody else involved but you're the only one and I really appreciate it these are hard times Um, but yes the Tuesday show please watch tonight 7 o'clock the Comedy Cellar Nightly channel Jessica Kurson and little Danny Natterman and otherwise We'll see you next week. Don't have a nice get out, everybody. Don't have
0: to